I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Today, we are going to talk about the coronavirus, so how the lockdown has impacted birth, masks, and the impact they have made, toxins, and the increase of those in this time, um, how the coronavirus itself is impacting pregnant women, what we've seen as differences in birth in those who have caught, um, contracted COVID, and what studies are available, and the fact that there's a limited number amount, as well as the vaccine and the things that we are seeing um, in our communities as this has been being handed out and being given to the population. Did you, Taylor, want to start talking about how the lockdown has impacted birth? Yes, absolutely. So um, starting with our training, actually, last year in March, when they first announced all of the things that were going to be locked down and all the things that were going to change, I remember we were just heading to Denver at that time for mm -hmm. a birth doula training. And yes, when I was coming back from that training, the airport was full. It took like two hours to get through security. Everybody was trying to get to where they were going um, quickly because we didn't know how long things were going to be locked down for, if travel was going to be locked down for an extended period of time. And ironically, they said, oh, this will only last two weeks. Ha ha. <laughs> we yeah, are. here we are. This is a long two weeks. Damn. Exactly. Longest two weeks ever. <laughs> um, and then from there, I just saw a huge shift in the birth community and between family and friends and all of these things just took a massive shift because of all the changes and these constant different implications that they've been putting on us and expecting us to comply with as a society. And it really made women sit back and think, oh my God, what am I going to do about my birth? And how is this going to impact my birth, my baby, all of these things and made them have to do more research and figure out different plans and really opened up the home birth field and unassisted birth field, especially because people were no longer accepting what was starting to happen. So to start, um, I used to have primarily hospital birth clients and the pandemic luckily, actually shifted all of my clients to unassisted birth, not only because of what I was seeing, and I wasn't going to deal with that and show up in a mask or virtually support my clients, because I think that's ridiculous that they're not letting doulas in, and I wasn't going to stand for that and comply with Absolutely. it. Um, but women were also seeing, like, this is unacceptable as well, and all shifted to unassisted birth or home birth with a midwife because of what was happening. So in the beginning, we were seeing hospital births taking away babies from moms that were COVID positive. They were taking them to the nursery or the NICU to be strictly monitored because they were claiming, oh, we don't know what risk these babies are at and taking them from their mothers that had the breast milk with the antibodies. And that was the first thing that was the most ridiculous to me, that if moms were testing positive, that they would have their babies taken from them in the hospital. 
so dumb. That makes me so mad because like, <laughs> you know, HIV women or like any kind of anything like where the baby could be whatever. That doesn't make any sense. Baby should always be with their mother. That first hour, especially postpartum, is so crucial to their mental and emotional development. It's it's like they totally negate that. They're like, oh, this baby might catch this totally benign virus from their mother and will die whenever we've seen in, in study that it doesn't really impact kids, right? Isn't didn't that didn't they say that that the kids are not uh, contracting the illness? Right. Newborns had almost a hundred percent survival rate of coronavirus if they were to contract it. So it was completely ridiculous that they were separating these newborns from their moms. And if the moms refused, they were actually calling CPS on these moms trying to claim that they were putting their babies in danger. I did not know that. Yeah. And if the hospital (laughs) didn't separate them, um, they would have the mothers put on gloves and masks to hold their baby for the first time. So they would clean off the baby, separate the cord, and then give the baby to their mom covered in (laughs) protective equipment so that the baby couldn't see their mom, couldn't actually feel their mom's skin. They were completely barriered off from their mother. Yeah, that makes my blood boil. (laughs) That should not happen. I did not know that that was occurring. I actually won't attend hospital birth, uh, especially during this time. That is... Are they still doing this? Are they still removing babies from their mothers and making them wear? I know they're still making them wear masks. I've seen photos on social media, which are horrific. Babies Mm -hmm. should not be born and handed to their mother. Women should not be laboring with masks on. None of this should be happening. But are they still pulling babies from their mother uh, postpartum? I haven't seen anything recently. I think that was primarily the first two months of this whole thing um, because they, quote, weren't sure what the risk was but now that it's died down a little bit especially now that the vaccines are coming out and the vaccine happy people feel comfortable um I don't think that they're doing it so much that's good that's good because it's really crucial to outcome for that baby for the rest of their life so I'm glad they're kind of getting with it and remembering that biology is a thing and that immune systems are a thing or maybe they're just comforted by their poisons but hey you know, <laughs> I did want to mention about uh, about the lockdown, how it's impacted women. Um, since I primarily attend home birth, I noticed it pretty quickly. When I started ordering more supplies online, I started seeing that literally every online home birth shop would be selling out of things like crazy. And I reached out to one of the owners. Um, I talked with her previously and I just asked her, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she was like, it's the coronavirus. More people are choosing home birth and we're selling out of our stuff more than we can get it in. We're running out of things. And I was like, well, goodness, this is such a great thing because we need this. Women need to be, they needed to be pushed out of hospitals. And this is what we needed. We needed something to happen that made hospitals look horrendous, which they do. And people are choosing home now because of it. They're like, no, I actually want my mother and my doula and my partner to be there. And they're not letting me. So my only option is home. So really, this is a huge, huge blessing to women in full and their reclamation of power, um, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I noticed that the unassisted birth groups on Facebook, they grew substantially because of all of this, because people were like, hey, what are my options here? Um, because I'm not going to put up with this. The hospital telling me I can't have 
the baby's dad there or my doula there or my mother, especially for my first baby or like a very healing birth or something like that. I wouldn't know. I don't like unassisted groups. <laughs> Lately, they've been super <laughs> mainstream, like, but that is a good thing. I'm just happy people are making that shift of a mental thought. Like, hey, this place isn't looking so hot. I'm going to go somewhere where I have more autonomy. Um, and it's, it's truly happening. Talking to other midwives, I've spoken with them and they're seeing the same thing. They're filling up calendars quick. They're wanting to have more people to give clients to. Um, that's how many people are choosing home birth, which I think it's fucking beautiful. Right. I agree. Um, so did you have anybody, because I know that you only do unassisted births, um, did you have anybody that was still attending prenatal care with somebody else, like an OB or a midwife, and find that their prenatal care changed during um, the coronavirus? I feel as though the provide yes, I feel as though the providers have become more fearful. I'm not sure why. Um, but they're looking for problems where they're not, which they've always been spectacular at. They get an A plus there. Um, but they are <laughs> like hyper on that trail, trying to find things that aren't wrong, like crazy, scaring these women. Hey, well, I think this could be going on blah, 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 and freaking them out. And then I have to undo that. Um, so mm. most of my girls do not attend care. And I'm so thankful when they stop attending care because it's not care. And right. I don't like undoing the yucks. But yeah, their care is definitely changing. They're more fearful. They're having them come back for multiple um, ultrasounds and different testings. The uh, glucose one, the one that's totally invalid and has high false positives all the time, they're having them do that like three times. I don't know if it's like just a mentality thing that they're insanely fearful. It makes me wonder how fearful they are in hospital birth spaces, you know? That's, I don't know. Right. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people were experiencing that previously at their prenatal appointments, they were allowed to bring whoever. And then all of a sudden, they weren't allowed to bring anybody. And in these situations, the doctors were taking advantage of that uh, because they were alone and they couldn't bring their doulas or they couldn't bring their spouses. The doctors were putting fear in them when they were all alone and they were able to take advantage of that fact or mothers were going into appointments to unfortunately find out that maybe they lost a baby and they were completely alone during those appointments because nobody was allowed to be with them. And that would follow into the hospital as well, which was another big thing that totally enraged me during their whole lockdown situation. And they're still doing it where mothers are going in and because they haven't achieved the gestation for a stillbirth, and it's more um, a miscarriage, like before 24 weeks, for example, um, they're still going into these hospitals alone because they haven't passed that gestation for a stillbirth. So they're not qualifying them to have a support person and making them go through these second trimester losses, possibly entirely alone without any support and just the staff who are all masked up. They don't know them, complete strangers, and having to deal with this huge emotional thing. Yeah, you saying all that stuff makes my blood boil again. <laughs> it just makes me very ragey, but I did have a client that experienced just that. Um, this was last year, probably right after the corona stuff started happening. Um, she was 18 weeks along and was bleeding profusely. Uh, and an amount that I I thought for sure that baby's dead. There is no doubt that baby is cannot be well. Um, 
Yeah. And she went in and they would not allow for her partner to come in. And that was very, very hard for her and challenging. And I remember being on the phone with her and we were crying together and it was, it was very bonding for the two of us, which helped with her birth later, but that never should have happened. She should have had her partner there in the hospital. They wouldn't even let me come. They wouldn't let anybody come. Nobody was allowed to be there. If I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a midwife, here's my provider number, they were not going to accept it. They wanted nothing. They just wanted her to sit there until they had answers. So the sonographer even came in, did the scan, and sonographers can see if there's a heartbeat. It's an 18-week baby. It's big. Like, it's not small. And they wouldn't tell her if the baby was okay. She had to lay there crying for two hours, still bleeding, wondering what's going on because she wasn't allowed to say anything which I get policies, whatever, but this is a mother who, <laughs> you know, she just wants to be comforted knowing is her baby alive. Um, and she had to sit there and wait for a doctor for two hours, I think it was. And then when they finally came, baby was well, baby was alive. And that was such a beautiful blessing to hear. And I did end up attending her birth. Everything was, he's great today, but yeah, she never should have been alone and her partner should have been able to be there. That was his baby. And they should have been together if they were going to find out that maybe the baby passed. Like, that whole thing never should have happened. And that was my experience with that. Absolutely. It was so terrible the way that that all played out for many moms. And many ended up having their losses at home if um, they were in, like, the legal proximity to do so. Um, because of that, because they didn't want to be alone. And for many, they wanted care. Uh, like, that's the complete opposite end of it. Many were forced into unassisted birth or unassisted loss or whatever um, that didn't want to be. And that was another huge problem uh, for high-risk women or for women that just didn't have the mentality to safely go into an unassisted birth. We're now choosing it because they didn't want to be alone, and I don't blame them. Um, and so that could have ended up with more complications because the hospitals were isolating moms, these high-risk women that shouldn't have been having babies all by themselves at home or with just one support person or something like that. Um, they were still doing it, and that could have ended up with a lot of issues as well. So on the opposite end, people that should have been getting care were possibly not. And afraid to do so, which completely yeah. makes sense. And I like going back to what you had said about the pregnancy appointments through mainstream care. Uh, some of the women transferred their care because of that, like from a mainstream provider to myself, um, because it is isolating and the fathers weren't able to be apart. So a lot of the women who did transfer, you know, during their pregnancy to me, we were going and our first prenatal, them being 30 weeks, <laughs> you know, along and we're getting dad to hear the heartbeat for the first time. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. That should not be the case. She has already had, an, you know, two ultrasounds, multiple appointments, and he's never heard the heartbeat, wasn't allowed to be there. This is his child. Excuse me. It was very infuriating for me to sit and hear these things from these families but also healing in the same sense to offer them that opportunity to not have the isolation, to have me in their space doing this hands-on stuff and learning together and bonding and showing like true care in this time. I feel like that's what women need. We need more birth professionals doing this. Um, and this kind of goes off into the mask thing. I wanted to mention real quick, briefly, none of my clients since Corona has begun have asked me to wear a mask, have they worn a mask, have I asked them to wear a mask, because we all have the same understanding that we have immune systems at work, and somehow <laughs> we've all lived 
through this horrendous, you know, pandemic, they want to call it. Um, yeah, we don't even use those kind of things. And I super love that. I love that they chose to not have to use those things. And that really uh, puts that isolation barrier when we're covering our mouth and our facial expressions. You're not bonding with your provider if they're wearing masks. And me personally, I'd be so pissed if somebody in my birth space was wearing a mask over their face at my home birth. I want it. I want a non-medical birth. I don't want people looking like dressed up medical professionals. That sounds horrific in my, in my opinion. Right. And I actually experienced that. So when I had the surrogate twins, I was in the OR for that birth because that's what their hospital policy required. And in the OR, you have to have the full protective equipment on. And so all of them, I laughed at them and I said that they look like transformers um, because their gear was so ridiculous. Um, and now that's happening. It's even being taken into home birth practices with midwives. I see it. It's wearing disgusting. this full gear. It's awful. It's fucking <laughs> like, gross. Why? I, ugh, selling out. <laughs> I, ugh, I hate it. Medwives at home, go home, get away from them. Exactly. Ugh. Like, why are you in the home birth field if you can't even comprehend how the immune system works and feel comfortable with your natural microbiome families that want to be in their home with all of those good microbes. Um, and you're walking in acting like <laughs> it's you're just scared. this huge field of scary germs. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any scientific sense to me. And it makes me angry when women are sharing their birth photos and all these people in the room are wearing masks and scrubs and just personal preference, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And I want to go back to what you said about it being very isolating. And that's why people were switching out of their mainstream providers and coming to you. Um, also, postpartum had to be extremely isolating for people because even their own family members were scared to come see them and to come bring them a meal because who knows if coronavirus is on surfaces and are you going to contract it if I leave this meal outside of your door? Uh, from this plate that I touched. So people were going through postpartum completely alone without any support. And I just can't imagine how isolating that is. And to feel that you're so excited to welcome your new baby and nobody wants to come be around you because they're scared to either give you something or contract something. Right. And not even the visitors, family, friends, but the mothers themselves that are socially conditioned to be afraid. I just saw a video yesterday um, of a woman at the grocery store. Her baby was in the cart and she's in the checkout line. The person behind her is recording. And every time she takes a step forward, she has a whole bottle of Lysol spray. Oh I kid you not. I'm I not even fucking that. around. And she's Stop. spraying all around this cart you know, poisoning her baby essentially, or a kid, whatever, and just like spraying all over, like what in the heck, how conditioned? And then just imagine that woman's anxiety level that she's right. so afraid that alone is going to be isolating mentally. Like I'm so scared. I got to spray these chemicals and toxins around my baby that kills <laughs> humans because I'm so scared. Like uh, even those moms are with that same isolation, self-inflicted, but due to their mental space, that's how they feel. Right. And I just can't imagine like being that scared. And that has to be really sad to feel that way, that you have to do this to be okay and to survive. And that people were waiting an entire year before seeing anybody 
in their like circle of friends or family because they were so scared waiting for this vaccine. Um, and now it's giving them a false sense of confidence. Um, but I would just hate to have that mentality. It would. It's a fearful mentality. And it's so, you know, I can't imagine living like that. That would create anxiety. That could contribute to so many different things because we know that the mind does control our everything, everything that we do, our fertility, our labor, our birth, postpartum, our psyche, our psyche controls everything. So if we're anxious, scared, being mentally manipulated by the government, that's going to be not helpful as well. Right. And I imagine that, well, on one hand, we did have what I would call like a baby boom during this shutdown um, because so many people were at home and getting pregnant. Um, But at the same time, there is a whole group of people that wanted to be pregnant really, really bad and could not get pregnant because they needed fertility treatments. And the fertility clinics were shut down for a large period of time because it was seen as non-essential. Because technically, you don't need to get pregnant right now, especially during a pandemic. Are you crazy? Um, So a large amount of women and men, I'm sure were very devastated that they had IVF planned or an IUI planned and they weren't able to get that. Which is so ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense how, you know, that's not important, but, you know, having Walmart and McDonald's open, that is absolutely essential. Right. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Did you want to share a little bit about the birth centers and the home birth midwives um, and the whole COVID swap thing? Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that I did see is uh, several of my clients that had midwives, either at a birth center or a home birth base, they were being required, them and their spouses and um, whoever was going to be present, they had to get a COVID swab and it had to be negative in order for them to birth at the birth center. And ironically, just like the GBS tests that they do at 36, 37 weeks, um, the COVID swab was to be done at 37 weeks. So who's to say? So dumb. Right. (laughs) Who's to say that a mom doesn't go to 41 weeks and she's COVID positive at that time, but tested negative at 37 weeks. And now she's coming in and birthing at the birth center. Like it really doesn't make any much sense, just like the GBS swab. So So that was ridiculous. It makes more sense to me than, than the GBS swab because the GBS swab, they're still attending. They're just going to enforce, you know, some kind of protocol with either the Hippoclans or, you know, antibiotics. Right. But if this, per- if this person is going to come up positive for the coronavirus, like you said, very high false positive, um, they are able to drop them. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get lippy, but a lot of licensed providers are pretty thirsty to drop women (laughs) eager to drop them they are looking for reasons left and right how do I drop this person from care this is a really good one they can get off with and be like oh well the the CDC says you know and really I don't think it should be like that at all I don't care if any of my clients have COVID I'm coming no matter what because if you do have COVID you're going to get treated worse wherever you're going to go Right. I don't understand. Exactly. It's it's got to be a licensure thing so that they can get mm-hmm. rid of people. That's the only logical explanation in my mind. Right. And I found it so ironic because like looking at the survival rate of coronavirus when people did contract it and they were genuinely positive, 
um, compared to the flu in pregnancy, for example, nobody is forcing anybody to test for the flu before they come in birth at their birth center or any other thing for that matter. Um, so I found it to be the weirdest thing that we're now requiring negative COVID swabs. So dumb, so dumb. And I see that like their, uh, their skewed perspective of, oh, I don't want to contract it and take it to another family. But like, do you go to the grocery store? Do you ask everybody there to take a test? Do you know what I'm saying? Like the right. logic is not backed at all. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, you have to completely isolate you and your entire family to not get it. And even so, like the tests aren't always going to be accurate either. So even if you're having all of the families get tested and only serving the negative test ones, there's still a chance that somebody could still be walking around with it in your birth center. So yeah. how is that protecting anybody really? Say they don't have it at 37 weeks. That's great. Lots of girls give birth at 41 weeks, like you had said. And what if they and their partner had contracted it at that time and now they're in their birth center, they were negative, but now they're positive. Same thing with GBS. Like the status can change. So uh, giving a test makes no sense. None at all, really. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So did you want to talk a little bit about the masks and how that's impacted a little bit of, you know, our lives in the childbearing years during this pandemic? Yeah, for sure. So when they're requiring masks in labor to start with, um, that can take away from your ability to properly provide oxygen to your baby. Not only if like, because I've seen people argue that, oh, the mask being as thin as they are, uh, they don't prevent oxygen cells from getting through. Sure, we can go with that. But if a mother has a mask on and she's uncomfortable, and it starts changing the way that she breathes and that she focuses and her comfortability level, that does deprive her baby. So yep, that's something to keep in mind. And also baby's emotional development depends on seeing people's faces. So yeah, there was a story that I wanted to share on that there was a mother whose baby was in the NICU for a good amount of time. And of course, the NICU required masks for everybody that came in to try to protect the little babies or whatever. Um, but when this baby graduated from the NICU and got to go home with their mom and their dad, um, the baby was devastated whenever the mother didn't have their mask on because that's how they learned that their mother looked. Uh, they learned their mother's faces within the first seven days. They have it completely memorized and they can pick her out from an entire crowd. Babies are super smart and that development that happens in that first week is crucial to their bonding. So babies in the NICU that aren't seeing their mother's full face, imagine how scary that is to go home and feel like only half your mother's face is there and now you're looking at this weird looking stranger that may or may not be your mom, smells like her but doesn't look like her. That has to be so scary for these little babies. It would be. That sounds like really horrific. And it makes sense because while their vision is not well, um, they say that it increases at three months better, more so at nine months. But even as newborns, they are able to recognize their mother, like you're saying. And then they're seeing, oh, my mom has a mask, this thing on her face. That's my mother. And then they go home. And then you said this baby was crying hysterically every time they'd see their 
their mother or their father, because this is the same people they saw in the NICU, which forced them to wear a mask. And then they're scared seeing their mom. So their mom has to wear a mask at home. So now they're wearing masks at home half the time, trying to transition the baby into a shifting visually, a visualization of who their mother and father is. And it's like, dude, this is, this is deeper than just <laughs> contracting an illness. You are really messing with the developmental stages of an infant. And this is crucial to outcome for their whole life. It doesn't make sense to me. And as for the oxygen deprivation, I wanted to comment on, I had a few clients that I had to write notes for for them to not have to wear a mask because they were uh, they had jobs and their jobs were asking them to do this and it was not helpful for them. It would make their blood pressure increase. We can't have that, especially at the end of pregnancy. Uh, and that shouldn't be the case. I shouldn't have to be writing notes. That should not be happening. Yes, exactly. And also one thing that people don't think about is the overuse of sanitizers and toxins, like you said, the lady spraying Lysol around her baby like a cloud of Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> but people also using that in their homes and then using hand sanitizer. So when they're touching their brand new babies, instead of a healthy microbiome, Ugh. they're getting this hand sanitizer all over their babies and transmitting that and potentially killing part of their healthy gut um, mm -hmm. and doing all of these sanitizing methods that are not healthy for the immune system. We need microbes. We need all of that. That's good. That's how mm -hmm. we develop our immune system. And this whole year, people have just been spending a whole bunch of time killing their immune system. They have. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel like it's really just conditioning because you see on commercials. I don't watch TV, but I did the other day. My husband had a show on and they first of all, they play way more commercials than they've ever played when I was a kid. But anyway, all of them <laughs> had masks or Lysol or one of those things in the commercial, even if it was for a whole different company. They were they are trying to social condition like, hey, use these things that are going to deplete your immune system, rely on our vaccine, wear your mask. Like that's all you can see in every single one. And I was like, wow, do people really watch TV? Because this is horrendous. But it makes sense why that girl would be at the grocery store or whatever, spraying Lysol around her baby. She's thinking it's safe because people on the TV are using it. But really, they're not doing their due diligence research how does Lysol affect the body what does bleach do like what happens whenever we deplete the negative uh, and positive bacterias that our body is subjected to what happens when we cut those out our babies need those even the um, I wouldn't call them negative what would you call them I don't know the not so good stuff in the air in the environment um, yeah like the bad just... microbes Yes, we need those things, kind of like at birth. Babies need to go through the vaginal canal without antibiotics because they need to be subjected to that flora because it does impact the rest of their life. So spraying all these things around, especially around babies, is really counterproductive. Absolutely. And then going back to the emotional development as well, um, not just that NICU story, but in kids developing over time throughout this entire year, some kids only know a society with masks, like it's all that they're going to remember for their first memories. And the way that babies develop emotions is by looking at people's face. And so we are creating this generation of sociopaths 
that don't have emotion because they never saw it on anybody in their first year of life or their second year of life, but they don't remember anything from their first year of life. Um, so now we're going to have this generation that is already so social media dependent and disconnected from society. Um, we're going to have this generation that do not know emotions at all. And what is that going to do to our society? Right. And like, even beyond those first two years. So like, I know for a fact, daycares where I'm at um, in Pennsylvania, daycares, schools, they're requiring masks. So these children that are young, they are creating sociopaths because they are not seeing emotions. They are not, um, and even younger, they're not seeing their teachers enunciate words. They are not learning how to talk correctly. They're not able to look at lips. That's how children learn from sound and looking at the mouth and mimicking what they see. So if we are masking that, we are really depriving children of all ages, the whole way up for sure. Even I could see even into the high school years, really the facial expression thing is so important, mostly for kids, but also adults. Like we need to be smiling. That can impact our whole day. Going to the grocery store, seeing two people smiling is going to be much more positively impactful for a person than going in and seeing a bunch of masks everywhere. Everybody's just a bunch of drones, it looks like. It is definitely going to be a different world. And the children right now, definitely scared for them. I really wish right. that people would stop putting masks on their kids as well, because that doesn't help yes. their counterpart, their other children in their age brackets. It's a huge concern. Yes, exactly. And um, it would make me so sad, like when we would, um, when we would go to trainings or just traveling in general, um, I would see kids on the plane sometime and they would like turn around. They like to look at everybody and move all around like kids do. And whenever a kid would be in front of me, next to me, whatever, um, I don't like to keep my mask on at all <laughs> in general, but on the airplanes, I would always pull it down and make note and do it on purpose to smile at the kid and make a whole bunch of different face faces at them. And you could just see the relief on their face that they were seeing somebody else's face. They would get so excited and just light up. And the same thing in the stores where I go into stores and I don't have my mask on. Um, the kids that see me in the grocery cart, they'll look over and be like, whoa, that person looks different. Like I could see them and they would smile and they would laugh and try to engage and their moms would totally throw me shade, but <laughs> right. But hey, Hater. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally I made your kids day. I made your kids right. whole entire day. <laughs> exactly. I see the same thing. We need more smiling. Like, and I'm sure this isn't really pertaining to coronavirus and pregnancy and such, but people's mentality like people are becoming more depressed at this time and whatnot and I think it's a lot of that there's not a lot of interaction due to the social distancing as well as like we don't see people's faces we don't people aren't hugging they're scared to hug and all of those things we can tie this into fertility and pregnancy it can lead them into depressive states and questioning their ability to conceive and we all know how the the mind can control those kind of things in our body so yeah our society is really impacting so many different aspects just because of this publicly displayed pandemic. 
Yes, we are definitely like oxytocin deficient in society now because I notice people, if I get too close to them at the deli or something like that, they'll scoot to make sure that they're like six feet apart. And I'm like, this is weird. Like I used to get shoulder to shoulder with people and it's cool because you can feel their energy and like you would look over at somebody and laugh with them about something. um, And that's just not happening anymore. We're super disconnected. It truly is. Today at the grocery store, I actually, there was another guy who wasn't wearing a mask. We were the only two in the whole store. And then there was a guy wearing a mask and all three of us had a lovely conversation. Nobody fought. It was like (laughs) the highlight of my day. But yeah, for the (laughs) most part, that doesn't happen. People are throwing shade, especially females. They're they're like, oh, you're not wearing your mask and I'm following the rules and you're not. It's really just creating animosity, negative energy and just a whole bunch of yuck. Absolutely. Um, And I just try to tell people that get grumpy with me. I'm like, do you really want to look back and remember that this you were this person when all of this government control happened? I'm the one that was against the government control and you're all for it. (laughs) Just saying. Right. It's it's so (laughs) alarming to me, the amount of people that are mind it's mind blowing with their like condition to believe this stuff. And it's something that I think that they're going to come to terms with later when they're like, wow, this really blew up. Yeah, we've been saying you shouldn't do this. And what's crazy is most people will agree that it doesn't make sense. The science of all of it, including the vaccine, including the virus and the contraction and the mask, none of it makes any valid sense. But people still follow along and do what they're told because we've been so programmed by society to just do what we're told, which is horrendous. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, if you knew how the coronavirus itself impacts pregnant women um, and the difference you've seen in birth in those who might have caught it during pregnancy uh, and what studies are available. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the studies are very, very limited because they were just going off of reported cases or people that got tested or swabbed and tested positive and they tried to follow them throughout their pregnancy. It didn't always work. So there were a whole bunch of variables there. But um, the little bit that they did study were on placenta effects, uh, newborns, and how they respond to it, and then what actually happens in the body physiologically when a pregnant person contracts it and afterwards. So um, what was seen is that the placenta might have been changed if coronavirus was caught earlier on in the pregnancy, like there might be little deficits in the placenta it might not be as strong or provide as many nutrients. But um, in that same study, they were finding that other placentas that were being studied at the same time also had defects. So it was like, okay, so your study really didn't prove anything at all regarding coronavirus right. and the placenta. Yep. Um, so yeah, I have seen other people say that they've seen a rise in placenta complications and just different variations like velamentous insertion or something like that. Um, But I really haven't seen too much difference myself. I've just had more placentas this past year, so it's hard to say. And I feel like that's the same with everybody else is that they've just had more placentas. So more variables to see there um, as opposed to what you were seeing before maybe. And Then there was also a study about um, clots in the uterus and around the placenta while a woman was pregnant and got coronavirus. But in pregnancy in general, 
the blood hypercoagulates. So it automatically clots more. And that's why women are at an increased risk of pulmonary embolism right after they give birth and things like that, anything to do with blood clots. So I can't see how they related that to coronavirus. They claimed that the storm of cytokines that coronavirus sends out is what would cause the body to clot more. But now their science doesn't really make sense in that they're encouraging a coronavirus vaccine that would also create a storm of cytokines that would make people's blood clot. And that's what they're actually seeing in the vaccine is that people are getting blood clots and dying from these vaccines. So it really doesn't make sense. They're trying to get people hyped up about blood clots being caused by coronavirus, and yet they're injecting them with the same virus that's causing blood clots. So it's just ironic. Right. And but, I wonder with that study, like how many people were born via cesarean? Right. Did exactly. Say? Did it say nope. that? Because they give them medications that make you clot differently. No. Right. Exactly. Like um, we've seen in that one placenta that I showed you that had the spur yeah. clots. Yep. Uh, yeah. So they didn't say anything about that in the study. So it's very possible that these women had medications that were altering their blood. So it really doesn't make sense. They can't say for sure that coronavirus caused anything different in pregnant women. And I personally haven't really seen anything different in the women that I've served that caught coronavirus while they were pregnant. They didn't have any issues at all. They just got through it like another cold and then went on to have a great birth. Those that I've seen that con uh, contracted corona, they were not pregnant. Um, and they all said it was very benign. It just made them very tired, sleepy, a little bit of um, respiratory distress, but they were like, this is nothing. I cannot believe the media is hyping it up. Like my husband's mother, my mother-in-law was one, um, like really close to home kind of stuff and everything's well. Um, I did actually have a client who tested positive. She is an RN and they test every single time they come in for work. They have to, not an option. So she went in, it was positive. They sent her home and she went back the next day uh, she is able, she does like different calls. So she goes to different places. And the second day she went back again. She's like, well, I got to work and took the test the very next day. And it was negative. Um, so like, wow. it just goes to show their high false positive. She had a beautiful birth. Her baby's well, she's, I don't know, two, three weeks old and everything's great. They're both super well. Um, and she did have Corona prior to that like for sure, had the, all the symptoms and everything. When she got wow. that positive test though for work, she did not have any kind of side effects or anything like that. And then next day was negative. So that was my experience with clients with that kind of stuff. And I didn't see anything. anything that is all. so crazy. Yeah. And I think it's important for babies um, to get the antibodies while they're in the mother's womb because they're going to be protected when they come out, if that's the case. Not saying that we should like intentionally expose ourselves, but I think when we do get it, we really provide our babies with a natural immunity to these things like the coronavirus, the flu, whatever. I got flu in pregnancy before. I was like 18 weeks or something with the twins and I got the flu. It sucked for a few days, but they were super healthy and I totally give credit to that for myself. <laughs> that makes sense yeah I don't know how that stuff works and how it passes to baby but I did read that that is truly how it works and it's better to 
in my opinion, contract an illness during pregnancy than to accept a vaccine and pass that to your baby because I've seen babies die right after those vaccines, etc. So yeah, it can be helpful to contract that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Baby and yourself. Did you want yeah. to talk uh, anything more about um, what you've seen in pregnant women that have the coronavirus and the different things that occurred in that? Is there anything else you wanted to add there? Um, I think just that um, and what they found in newborns, like I mentioned earlier, that newborns have an amazing recovery rate. So do pregnant women. Um, they really didn't see a high mortality rate in them, even though they consider them immunocompromised or whatever. They had one of the best recovery rates all around because babies give their mothers stem cells when they're in the womb. So if they were to get it shortly postpartum or whatever, then they would actually be protected by their own baby, which is awesome. So it totally makes sense that they would recover easily. It does. So with wrapping up that topic, let's go in and talk a bit about these vaccines, these vaccines that they are rolling out right now. Um, right. It is, in my opinion, it's not a vaccine. This, this is definitely not a vaccine. This is something different, something that they have tried many times in the past, tested over and over, and it never could pass trials. It was never proven safe. Um, and actually with these ones here, um, they did animal trials to see how they work. And they gave it to, I think it was cats, ferrets, I forget the other animal. Literally every single one died. Wow. What were you going to say? That is so insane. I was going to say probably like bunnies or something because that's a really common animal to test on. But yeah. that is so disgusting that they all died and they're like, yeah, let's just give this to humans. Here we go. But like it did not, they didn't die after the vaccine. That's the thing. So they gave them this um, injection and the bunnies, some of them might have died after. But when they all died was when they subjected them to the illness that they were vaccinated for. And the way that this doctor explained it was that these particles that they, let me read here. How did they say that? Um, how they, the messenger, I don't know how to say that word. I don't know how to say that word. MRNA, the MRNA portions, how they are programming these proteins, particles, et cetera, in the body to uh, tell our body how to respond whenever they are come in contact with this illness the animals all died whenever they were given this illness. When they came in contact with it and contracted the illness, their body hyper was hyper attacked and they all died from this benign illness. Coronavirus itself is pretty benign. We know the survival rate is what? 99.01. The survival rate of the flu is 99.02. So <laughs> it's really silly, but like this vaccine, made all of those animals die once they finally did contract it. So here's my fear. My fear is that uh, once the <laughs> the Chinese military decides to make another batch of this, you know, virus, a different strain of virus, everybody who was vaccinated, they're going to get wiped out. It is like a mass genocide, something they've been talking about for years, but you won't see that on the news. Yeah. So that's kind <laughs> no. of my, my take on it. Did you want to talk a little bit about um, what you found? Yes. So I was reading on the CDC website because that's where a lot of pro-vaccine people and people that are concerned about the coronavirus, they like to go there for their source. And I find that most of the time they don't actually read it. 
they just cite the CDC and like the first sentence where they say this vaccine is safe and effective and they don't go beyond that. Um, right. So I wanted to bring up what the CDC actually states on their website um, because this is important for those people to consider if we're talking about evidence-based things and the CDC and what they have to say about things. Mm -hmm. um, so they say clinical trials for the COVID-19 vaccines are currently authorized for use under a emergency use authorization in the United States. Um, it did not include people who are breastfeeding. Because the vaccines have not been studied on lactating people, there are no data available on the safety of COVID-19 vaccines in lactating people, the effects of vaccination on the breastfed infant, the effects on milk production or excretion. So they're out here encouraging pregnant and lactating women to get this vaccine, but are explicitly stating on their website that this has not been tested on that group of people. So there is no safety to be found in these vaccines and no assurance that your baby's gonna be okay or that your breast milk supply is gonna be okay or that it's clean from toxins after you get this vaccine. So we have no idea what we're injecting into our bodies and our babies and how our babies are going to be affected. Yep. It's so crazy to me that people will be like, oh, I did my research. It's safe. Girl, you are going to be the research. We're going to see what happens with you kind of thing. Like there is nothing. And they're telling us straight out, we have no clue. Good luck. And they're saying, don't give it to breastfeeding people. Don't give it to people with blood clotting disorders. Don't give it to people YZ, people who are going to be pregnant, want to be pregnant. They're saying those things and then mm -hmm. not asking them at these vaccination sites. They're not saying, are you this? Are you this? Are you this? They're just getting there and they're poking them. That is not okay. And I also just a day or two ago on social media, it was from Minnesota, Montana, State Department of Health, whichever. Um, they shared this, this image. It was a pregnant woman cartoon and it said the COVID-19 uh, injection is safe for pregnant women, like making deliberately false claims, encouraging pregnant women to obtain this injection. And it was like, based on what? They got ripped to shreds in the comments, but like, that's not true. And we should not be relaying that to the public. We should not be lying. Right. And if you look on the FDA website and who, the World Health Organization, um, I found that there were cute little videos like cartoons and stuff, very appealing to people. But at the very end, they say, make sure you tell the nurse at your vaccination site when you go to get this vaccination, if you are pregnant, planning to be pregnant, breastfeeding, all of those things, it lists out at the very end after people stop watching and they say it very quickly. Um, yeah. And it tells you right there on those websites that you need to tell them so that you can talk about the risks of doing this and how it hasn't been studied. So it's very scary that they're just straight up putting it out there and people aren't even looking at the sources that they're citing, that they're claiming are for their health. And it's just crazy to me. They're putting it out it, there in black and white. Yeah, they're saying we have no study and then people are like signing up. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't know if you wanted to talk anything about the ingredients. Did you want to touch on those at all? Yeah. So as far as the ingredients, they're a little bit different. There is the Pfizer vaccine, there's the Moderna, and there's the Johnson & Johnson, which when the Johnson & Johnson one first came out, I laughed so hard because how many times have they been sued for their products giving people cancer? 
And I'm like, of course. <laughs> of course they're part of this. <laughs> and if you look at their vaccine, polysorbate 80 is in it. And polysorbate, yeah, it's polysorbate 80. It is. And that is known to cause cancer. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> This Did you know? So ironic. It's also cause. It also is known to cause infertility in humans. So what right. the hell? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? And that's yeah. actually that's actually in multiple vaccines. I should we should say that is in multiple right. vaccines, and it's known to cause sterility. That means inability to conceive, destroying fertility. Which leads me into since we don't have accurate study of what these poisons do to uh, women's bodies in particular. What are some things that you have seen be occurring since these vaccines have been rolled out into the public and handed out like candy? What are some things that you have seen shift in this small window of what, five months, four months? Right. So I have seen reports of everything from stillbirth and miscarriage after vaccine, even from very mainstream nurses that were so happy to get it. They shortly post like two days, one week later that unfortunately, guys, I lost my baby. Um, And they're not necessarily relating it straight to the vaccine, but what else did they inject in their body before their baby passed away? Or what else did they do that could have possibly caused stillbirth and miscarriage? Probably nothing. So the vaccine is right there in black and white. And um, I've also seen reports of blood clots, especially. They've actually shut down majority of the vaccination sites in Florida because of the blood clots happening because we've primarily had Johnson and Johnson down here in Florida. So they've all been shut down temporarily until this is investigated further because our governor (laughs) is actually pretty woke and he was never for this to begin with from my understanding. Um, And so they've all been shut down until they can get more information because people are dying of blood clots after getting these vaccines it's ridiculous i and it's not even just the people getting the vaccine so from the women i speak with uh they don't do that kind of stuff they're they're very intelligent and they don't poison themselves or their children um and they're seeing the same things they are having wonky cycles so uh say shorter cycles longer cycles bleeding extensive amounts when they used to have very very straightforward normal cycles like looking at their charts i'm like whoa, this is not okay. Or like you said, with the clots, they're spilling clots. These women did not give birth. They haven't given birth in three, four, five years. And they are having clots with their, like big clots with their menses. Excuse me, that is not what we're going to write off as normal. Uh, And these are people who are around the vaccinated individuals, maybe at their work, at the grocery store, what have you. Uh, They have to be around those people. And I believe the manufacturers had stated that these are not shedding um, injections. But clearly we are seeing a huge shift in things like women trying to conceive and they're not able. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, the stillbirth, the miscarriage, everything of the above. Uh, I wanna touch on women in their seventies already went through menopause. They haven't bled in years and they're bleeding. They're, have, they're having weeks where they're bleeding. So many women are coming forward and talking about this stuff. Um, what else did we wanna say? Just the irregularness of cycles, not people who are breastfeeding, not those who are just coming onto their period for the first time as a child, not those who are going into menopause. We know that those can be wonky. I'm talking about the majority, the people who are not nursing, they're not pregnant, they are 
just having a normal menses uh, and cycle. And then it just gets, whoom, it's been messed up since February, March, etc. They've seen all these different things. So many women are coming out and speaking and listen, I don't trust the government. So I don't believe that their vaccine doesn't shed. I trust women. And I find that they're all telling the same story and they have no conflict of interest. So clearly something's happening. Right. And I would say that even let's say we believe them and that this vaccine is not shedding. Um, women are very spiritually receptive and that changes how our menstrual cycle works when we're around certain people, um, especially when we're around those people all the time. So if somebody that we're close with and we're around often goes and gets a vaccine and their fertility gets thrown way off by it, their cycle gets thrown off, their hormones are off, we can pick up on that and our cycles shift as well or we have those crazy things start happening to our body because we're picking up what is the effects that the vaccines are causing to those loved ones around us. We're picking up on that and it's doing damage to our body because our body's trying to sync up with that abnormality. And that's really dangerous too. Absolutely. They say that this, these injections can alter DNA. I honestly have not looked into that deeply, but it makes sense. And not even just that way, like you're saying, we naturally spiritually link up with others. So you can't control that. Um, that happens no matter what, even without any kind of, you know, DNA programming ingredients, etc. cetera. Um, we're seeing that with this spiritual connection stuff with people and it's, none of this is okay. It is just totally, it's all out there in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It's totally out there. And anybody that's still denying the correlation is just being a sheep. Honestly, they're just going with what the government says because they're, refusing to believe it and they don't want to believe that they've done something wrong and participated in this ridiculousness for over a year now it um, is true <laughs> yeah and an another thing that i saw that was absolutely horrifying to me is a report of the death of a toddler after a vaccine and this story went semi-viral um at least in the natural community so what happened is these parents take their baby their two-year-old to go get the vaccine and the baby dies I think just a day or two after the vaccine and um, it caught wind in the natural community people started talking about it and then the parents came out after they saw that this post was going around about their baby and they said listen guys you need to stop sharing about this this way because we are proud that our two-year-old was sacrificed <laughs> And we are no. so thankful for her martyrdom. They called her a martyr uh, for this vaccine. And they're so grateful that she could be a sacrifice for this movement, for this vaccine. What the fuck kind of sick, sadistic shit is that? I did not know that. Right. Ugh. Those people are going to have a real hard time with their karma. Damn, I cannot believe that. I'm so yes. happy I lost my kid for science. What the hell? It's like, I imagine this similar, not to offend anybody that was from this time, but I imagine this very similar to people that were part of the Nazi era in uh, Germany, where they were sacrificing their children to go to war over this and to go kill the Jewish people, or even people that were of the minority communities 
that were okay with what was happening because they agreed with Hitler. I kind of see that similar to this time. Like we're starting to be okay with sacrificing our kids. It really like, that is. is so weird. That's how morbid it's gotten. And it, I am terrified for the future of female fertility and reproduction of humans in full. Because of this, there are so many brainwashed people. There's this video I saw where people were in this waiting room. And when the sound would go off, one person would stand up. And then when it would stop or whatever, they'd sit down. And everybody else in the room started copying them. Even though they had no instruction to do it, they all just kept following the lead. And that's what's Ugh. going on. People are just following the lead. They're saying, oh, I like this person, this uh, celebrity, whatever, they got vaccinated. I'm going to get vaccinated. I'm going to do these things. Like, and it's just so nuts. I'm so scared because all we're seeing is poor outcomes and everything's declining in health. And people are going in more and more trying to get more of this poison. Like, are we going right. to be able to have children in 20 years? It ain't yeah. looking like it. Yeah. I don't know if you watch uh, that show, The Handmaid's Tale, but I'm like, dude, do we not see the relation here? Like we're killing off everybody's fertility we're going to end up with handmaids and we're going to end up with a whole war and things like that. So I just find it so ironic that these stories that were created decades ago uh, were completely right. Like 19 George Orwell, the handmaid's tale. Like there are so many that depict this and knew that humans were stupid enough to bow down to this and agree with this. And they're like, Oh, we called it. Here we go, guys. <laughs> They did you gave up I did not see that. I didn't see that, but I do have the gist of, you know, how that works, and I will never watch it because it sounds horrific. Um, but, yeah, people are so confused and misled, and they're led by fear. Fear is really the best way to control people. I know that yes. firsthand. I mean, <laughs> you can manipulate any kind of person to do any kind of thing if you incorporate fear, and that's what they're doing on a mass production level. And there's secrets that aren't being let out, like the true intent of this whole released um, man-made virus and then the, the injection that <laughs> is being created to prevent uh, contraction of it, even though, like we said, animal trials, whenever they contracted the illness after being vaccinated, they died, all of them. It, it, like, it doesn't make sense when we go ahead and look at stuff and hear it from the doctors who are working on these things hand in hand when we hear from them they're saying no but the media is saying do it so people are just signing up left and right it's just it's out there that's really all I've got to say I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about pertaining to this topic yeah so I saw on your post earlier uh somebody actually commented so what do we do like how do we protect ourselves and um on another post about the same thing I saw a lot of people saying that they are going to start isolating. And I'm like, no, guys, this is what they want. They want the natural people to stay out of the community, the people mm -hmm. that aren't wearing masks, the people that are going to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to wear that or no, I'm not going to do that. They want us to be so scared to go out into society to be around these vaccinating people that are shedding or whatever. Um, they want us to stay home, be in our homes so that when they take control, they know exactly where to find us because they know where we are. Um, so I would say not to isolate. Don't try to stay away from these people. We have strong immune systems. We have strong bodies that are capable of regulating. Like, yes, it might be scary for your cycles to start changing or what have you, but we know the power of natural medicine. 
And there are herbs, plenty of herbs that will help regulate your cycle if it does get thrown off that you can look into and start taking and um, that can just help you balance out even if it does get thrown off. Um, because I think it's primarily to do with the fact that we're receptive to people more than actually causing massive fertility damage to us. Like it's probably just temporarily for those of us that are getting exposed to these people that are shedding. Um, I don't think, I don't see it as anything long-term right now. So I would say for people in the natural community to just not be scared of it and don't hide away um, because there are so many things that you can do to take your fertility back like there always has been. So I just wanted to put that out there for people that are getting scared. Right. We definitely don't want fear. Fear is definitely not the way to go about things. My only take back with that is how do we know? We don't know what this is going to do long term. We've never ever right. mass produced these kind of vaccines. Um, mm -hmm. And the man-made illness itself, we're seeing it do weird stuff, like cause different kind of rashes. And it's just weird. We've never seen this kind of stuff before. Um, I think right. a good way to protect ourselves is maybe focus on our immune system support so like the zinc vitamin yes. c and d upping all of those because those are the three components that have been shown to be most effective in boosting our immune system i personally will not go chill with the people that are vaccinated but i'll <laughs> tell you what i'll get with the rock licking family kids that you know they run around in nature my kind of people will hang out and yes. we'll be subjecting our immune systems to these you know, the world, we're going to be subjected to that kind of stuff. But personally, I will stay away from the people that are vaccinated <laughs> if, if and when I can, you know, um, right. just because I don't know. I don't know what that's going to do. And I'm not quite ready to hand over my fertility. Nope. Right. Nope, not doing yeah. that. Yeah. But just mostly not staying home from like where you would regularly go, like the grocery yes. store and things like that. Yeah, we definitely don't want to do that because that plays a big impact on our psyche and our mind, and that can control your health, that can inflict illness. We don't want to do those things. Absolutely, because when our mental health is messed up, our physical health is going to be really messed up too. But like you said, just boosting that immunity is so important, and we should be regulating our hormones and things and utilizing natural herbs and supplements anyways, but now yeah. is definitely a more important time to do it. Definitely not trapping ourselves in our home. We need to be out in the sun, right. um, playing with our, our families, happiness. We need more happiness and positivity, laughter, fellowship with other people without masks, hanging out, enjoying ourselves. We need more of that today, especially after this last year of horrific yucks. Um, yeah. Just yeah. be mindful. Boosting your system, taking care of yourself, washing your hands, basic stuff. Like, hey, what happened to washing our hands? That's a thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, they figured that out in the early 1900s. <laughs> we should start washing <laughs> our hands. <laughs> yeah, but, that's basically it. That's all I've got to say. Is there anything else you would like to add in? No, I think that's about it. So I hope that this helps somebody and opens up their mind, especially if they're considering getting a vaccine or something while they're pregnant because they're concerned. And by the way, I wanted to mention that no vaccines are tested for safety in pregnancy. So just wink, wink there. Don't get that Tdap. <laughs> yeah. Don't get any vaccines ever if you want my suggestion. But, you know, <laughs> do your own research. I really wish I did before I let my first two kids be poisoned. 
they're really all pretty equally unnecessary and harmful in the same token. Absolutely. So yeah, just always do your research. And thanks for listening, everybody.